Okay, good. We'll, we'll have the one to kick us off. Here we go. John. John's in, John's in action. <clears throat> yeah, just, just make your way. Okay. Hey everyone. <laughs> yeah, so I guess you all know me. I'm Johnny. Uh, actually, John. I'm actually John. So, Slav Johns from Malaysia, and I'm currently joining Amaya's SNU because I'm studying SNU. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not used to it. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Malaysia. Yeah. Malaysians. Well, yeah, Vina is probably more, you know, <laughs> Vina. Yeah, so um, basically, just want to share about um, part of what I've experienced in during the retreat. So before the retreat, um, as uh, some, le- some leaders, you, you know, that are uh, Eugene and maybe Rona, that I, I, I've told you that um, I'm really, like, sowing into this in this retreat i'm preparing myself pre- preparing my heart to receive you know, a lot from god so i was like praying and fasting you know you know with my schedule and stuff like that so it's like i've been doing that for about a month so it's like a month before the retreat so um that period is really hard for me you know i feel that i feel like you know it's like giving up i don't know why because i find it so hard to to even like you know Maintaining my discipline, you know, my schedule, my, my prayer prayer time, you know, it's like my commitment to God is really like, you know, I feel that something, you know, stopping me from doing it. So, um, I don't care. I still join the retreat, you know. <laughs> anyway, so um, as I join the retreat, you know, first day is so supernatural. You know, it's already, you know, burning up in my in my heart. You know, it's like uh, Pastor Stephen Bosham is like sharing. The, the very night, you know, the first night that we reached there, so it's like um, a star. So it's like I, God is like made kick off, like you know, like man, this is awesome. Um, but following, it's like, but just to sum it all, you know, as time is, you know, it's not enough for me to share. But um, it's like this retreat, you know, before the retreat, I pray like you know, some supernatural stuff happened, you know, it's like got raptured or something like that. You know, it's like you know, fire is the kingdom. It's like got shot, electrocuted by God. It's like. But sadly, not to say sadly, but it happened in the, in the other way around. It's like, I don't get all that. You know, throughout the retreat, you know, it's like, even Pastor Benjamin Robinson is like laying hands on me, and Stephen Bosham, Pastor Stephen Bosham laying hands on me. I was like, I stood still. Man, I, I never know I, I, I'm that tough. I, I, didn't, I didn't fall at all. So I was like, you know, I, t- I started to question myself. It's like, what is really happening inside? You know, it's like, that I did something, you know, did, did I do something like, you know, that don't really please God, you know, that he's not reaching out for me or something like that. But somehow, thank God that um, from what, from the sermons and the message that um, Pastor Stephen, the, that share and Pastor Benjamin Robinson, that they, they share a really powerful word. You know, you know this, this is the very thing that I remember. You know, some people, you know, certain people, they receive the manifestations, but not a substance. So I got the other way around. So I don't receive the manifestations, but I receive the substance. You know, so it's like um, I realize my, my, my life is like 180 changed. You know, it's like Monday, 
you know, that's yesterday. I I never th- I never thought I would go this far. You know, it's like yesterday. Yesterday evening we reached um, the city, so uh, so we we went back and I I reached my apartment. So I can I just can't stop myself from worshiping God. It's like you know, four days and three nights I've been not touching my guitar. I'm not playing my guitar. I, can, I just can't I, I just cannot settle down. So I was like grabbing my guitar. You know, my roommate Kelvin he he, he saw he saw all that. You know, I was like late late at night until twelve midnight I start doing my homework. You know, I was like so crazy, but. Even crazy stuff happening like yesterday night. Uh, I mean, yeah, yesterday night. So it was Monday night. So we have like um, me and my uh, me and Calvin. We have this uh, this thing called Sela. You guys know Sela. It appears a lot in Psalms. So it's like a, end of the day you reflect, you know, how, what God has revealed to you, what God has you know told you, and something like that. So we share stuff, and uh, it's like revelations from you know that um, that we know that uh, that we learn from the retreat. So as we are praying. You know, at first we were worshiping, you know, I was like playing a guitar, so I lead uh, us into worship, so there's nothing really, um, but it was awesome, it was peaceful. <laughs> so, after that, we went, we, we went into prayers, so when we were praying, suddenly something, something weird happened. I, the joy just filled, the Holy Spirit just filled up the room, it's like suddenly, and I, start, and I started laughing. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you, can you imagine, you know, I was, I was playing my guitar, and I was laughing. You know, I don't know whether Kelvin got, like, you know, kind of, like, awkward. You know? I, I don't know, I was like, but I started laughing, you know, the joy just filled me, like, you know. You know, I just want to tell you guys, it's not about during the retreat. What happened during the retreat? It happens after retreat as well. Yeah. All right, so, yeah. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. Okay. All right. Ryan, you next? Let's go, Ryan. Everybody clap it up for Ryan. Thanks, Rona. Um, I got to follow that. Damn. Um, my name is Ryan Cho, for y'all who don't know me. Um, I'm from Austin, Texas. And uh, studying abroad at... Let's get cute. Oh, okay. Because... I don't like mics. Um, so who didn't go to the retreat? I feel sorry for y'all. I just gotta say. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm just gonna talk most about the retreat, but just to give you guys a little intro of who I am. Um, so I was brought up in a Christian family, but I kind of grew away from um, Christ uh, through high school and most of college. Um, I just it was. It was really hard times. So I just uh, asked myself about Christianity and how I just didn't know how I felt. Um, I just had a lot of questions about it. Um, but the questions are not like simple questions I could put my finger on. They were just pretty tough. Um, and then Vic found out about Maze and uh, NPC somehow. And uh, we started coming in uh, February. And uh, let's see, so now the retreat. Um, so on the way, so on the way on the bus to the retreat, um, I was sitting next to, I just met a, new, a, a friend, um, Melissa. I don't, she wants to eat Taiwan, I think. So I was talking to her about all the questions I had, but I can't, but these are questions that I can't really put my finger on. It's like, I just don't know where I am with Christ and stuff like that. And funny enough, that night when I went to that retreat, um, 
Pastor Stephen kind of like touch on every single thing that me and Melissa talked about on the bus. And it was just, uh, it kind of freaked me out because, you know, like, it, he just, it was almost like he was sitting right behind me. I checked, he wasn't sitting behind me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, it was, but then, you know, going to bed that night, I took, kind of told myself, maybe just coincidence, you know, maybe it's just, um, just luck that it happened that way. And then Friday, uh, which is extremely powerful, um, it's hard to explain in words of what happened all day Friday, just listening to all the this, this, uh, seminars and the, the sermons. And um, I think my breakthrough came that night when uh, I was listening to Pastor Benjamin's um, sermon about how you need to keep things in and about the revelation of how you need to understand who Jesus is and who you are in Jesus um, I listened to that sermon three times now since. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I think I, I've probably listened to every single sermon this weekend at least once after we came back. Um, and every time I listen to it, I just hear something different. You know, it's one of those things. Um, and during Pastor Benjamin's um, teachings, and I was just I was listening, and I don't know, it just. It's so in line of what I was struggling with the last three years of when I was going through all the hard troubles during school and my relationship with Christ and so many other things. Um, and I just remember that, like, when I was listening to him talk, I just, um, and when he was praying for us, um, I just couldn't understand. I don't, I don't know why, but I just started crying during the, the sermon. And um, I just felt like I was one with God. You know, it's been so long since I felt that way. Um, and then Saturday was just not, I just did not know what was going on Saturday. <laughs> if y'all, if y'all, so for those who weren't there on Saturday, it was just people manifesting left and right, just people screaming, just like just crazy. And me and Vic were sitting in the back, we were just like, dude, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know. Um, but... I've seen in that mass amount, yes. Like, like one or two people, like, okay, that's fine, you know. But like, it was like, it was more than half the church. It was just like, I, I felt like in the end, it was like me and like maybe a dozen people still standing at 300 or so. Um, but it was extremely powerful, and um, I think the part that shocked me the most, because um, I, I think deep down, I kind of knew that I was gonna come back to Christ sooner or later. But the um, so that night, me and Vic went back to the room, and because Vic was wasn't feeling so good, and uh, me and Vic were talking, and I, and he was the first body, first person I told that I think I, I, I was back with Christ, and um, and what Vic said was, um, he said that he doesn't think that I found Christ that the day before. He said I found Christ three months ago, whenever we came to Maze, and um, it was just. Because it's, it's like a maze, you know? Like, we, I met Christ three months ago, and it just took me three months to realize that he was with me the whole time. Yeah, thanks. Oh. <laughs> wow, that was really good. Um, okay. <laughs> um, Grant, come on up. Let's give it up for Grant, everyone. 
After that, uh, Kelvin, you can you can just come on up, okay? Hi, my name is Grant. <laughs> uh, I've been coming to New Philly for three months now. And how I first came to New Philly was, well, previously, I currently attend New York University, same college as Pastor Christian. And I don't know if you guys have been there, but in the city of New York, Manhattan, the presence of the devil and temptation is pretty strong. So the past two years, my life at NYU, uh, I was caught up in some drugs. There were some dark years of my life. And this semester, when I came out to Korea, I was at a hot dog stand in Akujong Rodeo. <laughs> And at that place, I randomly met this guy named Thomas Chi. And, yeah, we just kind of started talking to each other. And we met again the next week because I live in Akujong and he teaches at Rodeo. So we kind of met up the next week and we just became friends. And the following week, he took me out to New Philly. And... Before all this, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't walking beside God because of my dark years at New York. And so when I first came on New Philly, I was kind of shocked because uh, everyone was praising God and th things were kind of intense in there. And I was like, I don't think I'm coming back here again. <laughs> but, uh, I eventually came back, you know. <laughs> And uh, Tom has introduced me to a lot of good friends. I became friends with a lot of the leaders at New Philly. And this is my first Emmaus meeting, by the way. It's my first time in Emmaus. And uh, prior to the retreat, a lot of people have been just praying for me because they knew about my past. And I just had a bunch of prayers from so many different people. And at the retreat, like, a lot of those prayers, like, came to fruition. Um, I was at Mr. Bochamp's seminar on Saturday, where he was just, like, knocking people left and right. And uh, he didn't personally come up to me, but during that session, uh, I was just praying to the Lord. Just, like, nothing, nothing really specific, but uh, all of a sudden, my arms became really heavy. And they started to shake. And I had this sudden urge in me to just pray for repentance for my past two years. And after I was done, like, the weight off my arms lifted. And I thought that was crazy. But uh, that evening seminar or service, uh, when again he was knocking people left and right. And I was in the corner. Well, I was kind of in the front. But uh, Mr. Bochamp, like, put his hand on me. But he didn't say anything. He kind of moved on. But that was, like, that was, uh, well, that wasn't, it felt like God wasn't telling him to impart anything on me because I don't know if you know uh, Chris Kim and B-Boy Danny. They're two of my good friends. And they just came up to me. And they led, they led me in the sinner's prayer. 
And I was just praying with them, and they prayed for me. And then, like the emotions that I've been on, that have been locked away inside me from the past years with drugs, they kind of like kind of flooded out. Well, I didn't like break down and cry, but I teared up, which was like pretty impressive for me. <laughs> it's kind of impressive for me, you know. And then, that was a great experience. And after the Sunday when I came back to Seoul, like I just throughout the day I just had urges just to give praise to God for letting me encounter Him. And like, well, it hasn't stopped. But yeah, that's my story. Hello, hello everyone. Uh, um, okay, so uh, I'm Kelvin and I'm from Malaysia. And <laughs> okay, so I want to give a testimony on how God's changed my life. So yeah, so um, before joining the retreat, I was like, I was no, I, I'm changed. Yeah, now, yeah, I feel like I'm changed now because like what. Uh, after the retreat, I was full with hunger of God. Yeah, I feel like I'm changed, and God gave me the courage to take all uh, to take what God has planned before me. So yeah, so uh, the first day of the retreat, uh, I never expect that the retreat at the first day was so powerful at the at the night. So I was so excited for uh, at the first day. Yeah, at the first night. So. I was expect, expecting that the second day was, was uh, will become more powerful, and then so we go to the JM's sermons about the spiritual of war, warfare, and then uh, every uh, I've joined leadership with uh, among all the Malaysians, the four ones. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, we are needed to go to the great hall after the sermons about the spiritual warfare, and then I go to the great hall where. Uh, Pastor Stephen Wachem was like praying for everyone. So I was standing back, I was standing at the back, and then I was looking at everyone. Uh, everyone was knocked out already, yeah. Everyone was just knocked out. And then I, I feel like I, I want to join them, yeah. I, I want to feel, I want to feel the God's love, yeah. I just want to feel how, how God's, just, yeah, how God works on me. So, and then, Pastor Stephen, so he came right in front of me, and then he was he touched me, and then yeah, so I was like, huh? and then he touched me, and then I was like, I was, I was knockout, knockout, yeah. So I was like, make ugly crying on the floor, yeah. So at that time, I, I yeah. So when I was knockout, all these thoughts, all these like memories of mine about my, all this uh, about my past life, about how I like become a fear of man, a fear of man, just the fear like everyone will not accept me as I am just but all these uh, memories just came out in my mind, and then suddenly I words just come out of my mind that God is always with you every time, so yeah, so 
I was making ugly cry on the floor for a long time, long, long time. And then I was, and then, yeah, so I woke up and I just, uh, thank you for my, yeah, roommates. Johnny, he, he, he just like, he stands beside me all the, all the time, yeah. So, yeah, so after the retreat, uh, I was like on fire with Johnny, yeah. We were like so very on fire, so, uh, yeah, last, yeah, uh, so Johnny talks about uh, how we do, how we did our cellar, and he was like laughing all alone, yeah, and I was like, awkward, yeah, like that, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, I was not awkward at all, I was not awkward, so, uh, when I was praying, I was crying, so, when I, so, he was laughing loud, and I was crying at that time, yeah, and then, and then suddenly, I, I just feel like, and then suddenly, God's joy just filled me. Yeah. So I was laughing with him. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was laughing, but yeah. So now I feel that God is with me all the time. Yeah. So he never leaves me. He just stands beside me all the time. It's just, uh, it's just me that needs to reach my hand, to reach God's hand. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. So this is my testimony. Yeah. All right, hey guys. What's up, Ryan? What's up? So, um, hey guys, I'm from Texas, like um, Ryan. And um, man, this retreat was crazy. You know, like, I was raised, and I went to like a spiritual church when I was younger, but, and there was like a couple of people that would fall down, you know, just like that. But when I came on was Saturday night, I was like, man, half the church is on the ground. What is going on? And and, um, and I was just in awe of just like in wonder because I I had never thought like like you know p- the pastor would be like just preaching a word and people would just like drop like stones and I, I just it just it just I was just so overwhelmed by just like this awe of and wonder. It was just like what is going on and and you know I think Pastor Stephen was talking about you know. What makes a wonder? A wonder is something that makes you wonder, right? And so I was, I was truly wonder. I, I was like, I, I was like, what is going on? And like, and then you know, and another thing was like, I was struggling with a little bit with fear in my heart, in my, um, in, in just myself, just um, fear of just, um, you know, like as if God's gonna hurt me or something like that, you know. And um, and so I, I was like in the back with Ryan. I was like, Ryan, man, I'm kind of scared, dude. And he's like. He's the one. He's like he's taking care of me like a baby, man. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> so and then, um, and I remember I was just you know I was just in the sermons, just listening and um, just kind of taking it all in, and and slowly and slowly like the fear was just like kind of going away. It's like because I was thinking of as as the children of God as like you know just babies, right? Like we're all just babies before Christ because God doesn't want to like you know like hurt us. He he wants to just you know pick us up and take us to newer levels of faith. And so um, and that kind of revelation kind of hit me. It's like you know why are we so afraid of such things? Because you know why are we so skeptical? Why are we so you know um, just kind of wary of such things when they happen? And why don't we just you know um, just it's a matter of aligning your heart, right? Like, it's a matter of getting your heart to align with the with God's heart. And so that was, like, my process this 
this this retreat was like God is aligning my heart to to just see what He's doing, and so I'm so used to putting Him in a box. I'm I guess I'm just this, I'm really intellectual in my mind. I just always think a lot, and and so it's just like it was hard for me to kind of you know process it. But then when I realized that you know God doesn't mean harm for you, He means just good for you, and He wants to help you and, and bless you, right? And so uh, and so that was like my this realization and and you know it was a, it was amazing the change that happened because i remember the last night like saturday night um i was back in my back in a small group setting and like we had this story storytelling session going on for like two hours like i was like dude so what's it like to fall down what's it w- so what's it like to like, flap on the ground oh oh so what's it like to like you know what's it like to like you know just get knocked out because i like you know i was just so curious you know because I, I had this just, I was just wondering, like, you know, you know, what, what can God, like, if God can do all these things, you know, like, he can do so many things that, you know, it doesn't make sense to us. And so, and so, and so I was just so curious, and, and I started asking this question. So, a lot of the things about the Holy Spirit, like, it's, it's a lot about, like, the reason many people don't understand, like, the Holy Spirit is because there's, this there's like this, this, like, this, like, distance from it. Like, if you just talk about it, it just goes, like, the, all this mysticism goes away, right? And so, when we talked about, like, all these things in detail, like, okay, what's it like, like, what happens in, you know, what does it feel like when, like, you know, you just fall down, and they're like, well, you can't get up, you know, <laughs> and, 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 I mean, it's just one of the many things, but, um, main thing was that, like, God was showing me that, you know, he's, he's beyond my box, like, he's, he's beyond my intellectual capacity, like, I, I can't comprehend what he's doing, like, he does what he wants to do, and he's not going to harm you, he's just going to, he's going to build you up, right, and so, that's kind of, like, what I learned, and, and, like, you know, now my fear has gone, like, I'm not afraid of this, I'm not afraid of these things, and so, and so I just want to encourage you guys, that, you know, we're all just babies, and God just wants to build us up, and, and we, some of us need these things, you know, and we should, and, you know, and I remember, I think, Pastor Benjamin was talking about, like, there's some of us that just experience manifestation, but don't get, don't get the sustenance, some of us get the sustenance, but don't get the manifestation, but some, but I want to be the one, Pastor Benjamin say, I want to be the one where I get both the sustenance and the manifestation because we need both the interior and the exterior to help us and build us, right? And so that's kind of like what I learned. And so praise God, yeah. Hi, everyone. to share all right so before the retreat i guess a lot of people were ex- uh, asking me what's your expectation and one of my expectation really before the retreat was just to get filled by the holy spirit and i kind of expected that you know when i knew who the guest speaker was <laughs> you know i knew it was going to happen to a certain degree but i um so uh, but god met that to like a whole new level <laughs> So on the second night when Pastor Benjamin was speaking at the night, um, as I was praying, I just felt this heaviness, really heavy. But then it was like kind of like a good heaviness, but then I couldn't hold on to it. So I, there were some people beside me, but I was like literally just like melting on the floor because it was just like so heavy. I was like under the chair. I was like kneeled down. And it was just like a sweetness of God's glory, like a taste of God's glory, right? That was like a glimpse of it at the second night. And then the third day, um, I was just getting blasted. Like, I was shaking for like three hours straight. And as I was doing that, I was like twirling around. I was just like acting like I was drunk. 
and um, at that moment, <laughs> yeah. So at that moment, God was speaking to me in uh, two ways. Uh, not not two ways. There were two times when I clearly could hear the voice of God. So first time it was God was just speaking about my identity in Him as His loved one, how much He loves me, and how much His uh, heart is just pleased with when I just uh, gaze upon him. Nothing else, but when I just look at him, he's so pleased, and it's kind of like, you know, like an overwhelming feeling for him too. It's just like, he was just like talking about that, and he was just like filling me up with his love, and I just, it was kind of like, I felt like I was shaking so much because I felt like somebody was squeezing me like really hard. And it was kind of like, you know, like just like that, that, <laughs> it was just like that, yeah. And then what, in my small group, I was still like shaking a lot, and then God suddenly spoke to me, and then he was like, I am doing a new thing. And I was just like, what? I, you know, I still don't know. I still don't know what that means. But then afterwards, uh, as I was processing it, I could, uh, and then also I was just like, yeah, anyway, what was I talking about? Oh. <laughs> and then um, afterwards, when we, processing and we were processing and we were sharing with a small group about what was, well, how, um, how our retreat was, I could really sense that God has been, this retreat in such a short time, God has poured out so much of his revelation about the plans he had for me specifically about how in my previous seasons when I felt like um, I was far from God, when God wasn't beside me, he was also like revealing what he was doing at those seasons and how he has, how he's preparing me for things ahead. And it's just like, you know, I mean, I guess Pastor Benjamin's sermon and um, Stephen Bucham's sermon, there was a lot of, like, things that I felt like it was good revelation, but I couldn't, like, relate it to myself at that time. But then I could, like, like, when I was processing it, I could just totally really see what God is preparing me for. Um, not a, specifically what God has in plan for me, but what kind of journey you know, and how I'm supposed to walk through those journeys with him. Because it was just really good because I got so excited, you know. I got so excited for what God has in store for me in the future. Thank you. We got to get a new microphone, first of all. Uh, let's just give a thank you, applause for everybody who shared. You know, it's not, it's not easy to get up here, and we just put you guys on the spot. So I just want to, you know, thank you guys for being so bold to kind of share. And uh, I know for those of you that weren't able to make it to the retreat, some of you might be a little bit confused about the terminology or why do they keep saying people were falling or knocked out? What does that mean? Um, just to give you a little bit of background, a lot of what happened at the retreat was some powerful teaching and some powerful manifestations of God's presence in the sense where people were um, really experiencing God in a physical way. They were experiencing God in a way where it caused them to either fall or shake or, you know, cry or laugh or whatever it may be. And I really want to encourage you guys, especially for many of you where this is pretty new, when it comes to the manifestations of God, we call it signs and wonders, right? Well, when you think about a sign, what does a sign do? 
it usually points you to somewhere. When you drive, you see a sign that says, you know, Seoul, 50 kilometers or whatever it may be. All these things that were experienced, it's all pointing to who God is. It's point, and it usually what it does is it engages a newfound hunger. Well, if God, is, this is amazing. God is amazing. I want to know more. You know, I want to go after him that much more. I want to pursue God more on a new level. That's where the substance comes from. It's not just about the amazing experience of falling, which is incredible. And uh, it's not just about um, feeling shaking or feeling the power of God. It's really about what do you do after and what is God, what is God calling you towards? It's point, it's all of that is pointing to him. It's pointing to a direction that we're called to go forward in. And so if you guys weren't able to attend, I have some really good news. The good news is all of the messages were filmed. And we uh, streamed it live for those who weren't able to make it. And so a lot of people tuned in via Ustream. But those um, Ustream clips are still up on our Facebook page. And so if you weren't able to go and you're like, man, I wonder what these messages were about, go to the Facebook page, watch the video, and I promise you the same presence that was there during the atmosphere in the churchwide retreat is going to be in your room as you're watching the video. I was talking with someone who was watching via live stream. She was watching it while it was happening in California. And she said as she was watching it, the pres- she could literally feel the presence of God come upon her. She's like halfway across the world. But God, he, he's not limited by that. And really when the word of God goes out, when the power of God goes out, even if you listen to the podcast again, like some people were sharing, that same power and substance of God's word can still impact your life, even if you weren't there at that moment moment. And so don't miss out. Check out the videos. Be blessed. Uh, And for all of you guys that shared, that's awesome. Awesome. Some of you guys don't even look the same. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Some of you guys, the, 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 your faces and just the, it's, it's truly incredible. I'm so proud of, of just the steps of faith that you guys took at the retreat. Uh, And so you know, without further ado, uh, we wanted to invite uh, Stephen Bocham to come up. Uh, you know, to refer to him as a pastor is kind of awkward. We like to just call him Uncle. So just say Uncle Stephen. Just Uncle is fine. And um, I'm just going to give him the mic, and we don't know what he's going to do. So just be open and receive him, okay? All right. Let's give him a warm applause. Wow. Thank you for sharing your stories. It's so encouraging to hear. I'm so blessed to be with you guys. And I just want to reiterate again that it was your prayers, your hunger, your desire for God that that released that atmosphere of his presence. And I just stepped into it. And so I just sort of got my surfboard and rode the wave uh, with you. And uh, I was fully blessed myself. My life was also shifted in many ways. And so I want to thank you for that. Uh, my voice is almost gone, so I'm not going to go too long. Uh, I have a few things on my heart that I want to share. But before I do that, um, I wanted to just do some Q&A. Uh, when I teach at the university, uh, one of the f- most favorite times for the students is to be able to qu- ask questions. 
You know, some of the questions people have about manifestations, about spiritual warfare, about the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, I open myself up here for a moment and just uh, invite you to ask me whatever you might want to ask me uh, about what happened, why things happened, which I want to go ahead and tell you. Do you want to know why people fall down? Because they can't stand up. That's deep. I mean, I just had to set you free with that. You know, I just want you to go on. So uh, so just raise your hand if you have a question. And uh, we'll just take a couple before I do a slight teaching. Don't be scared. Yeah, just go for it. Yes. My very first experience. What was my first experience with the Holy Spirit? Are we recording this? Okay, so I'm, I'll repeat the question. My first experience with the Holy Spirit must have been when I got saved. At least my own conscious awareness of the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit was around me many times, even in the midst of my drug addiction. I was a former drug addict and drug dealer. And so my first experience was when I had taken too much LSD and was on a drug overdose. And I cried out to God and I started singing a song. And after I sang that song, the Holy Spirit came into the shower. I was in the shower trying to like sober up, you know. My heart was beating really fast. And so it was in that moment that I felt the Holy Spirit that powerfully for the first time. I mean, I just started weeping uncontrollably and crawled, crawled out of the shower into uh, the place where I was sleeping, my sister's house, and that's when Jesus appeared to me. And so Jesus walked into the room, and uh, I got blasted. You want to talk about blast? I mean, I, I was literally shaking under the fear of the Lord. And so I believe anyone who's ever experienced the Lord Jesus Christ or an, even an angel. I mean, I, I could tell you some angelic stories. And uh, it, they shouldn't be stories where, oh, I just saw an angel or I just saw an angel. I mean, if you see an angel or an angel appear, appears to you, it'll mess you up. You know, it should mess you up. You know, all these people say they're seeing angels. I'm like, well, your life better be changed because biblically every time Jesus appeared to someone or angels appeared... It was pretty profound in their uh, experience. So that was my first time I ever felt it. Now, as far as falling, shaking, that type of phenomenon, uh, I was in a Baptocostal church. You know what a Baptocostal church is? It's a Baptist church that has enough of the spirit to keep the Pentecostals happy, but it has enough structure, you know, and religion to keep the Baptists happy. If you're a Baptist, I apologize. We love you. And so, you know, of course, uh, see, my father was someone who was filled with the Spirit, and he was usually the guy who would jump up in the middle of a message and start speaking in tongues. And so, you know, I saw that as a young child growing up. And uh, when I was, right after I got saved, I got in the church, and that's when I had some experiences, of course, getting filled with the Spirit. And then I started speaking in tongues. And uh, there were a few times I fell down when certain people prayed for me. Uh, now, those experiences began to grow. 
after I experienced them the first time, it did take away that fear. It took away that reservation or that skepticism and or whatever uh, unknown issues I may have had with the supernatural power of the Spirit. And then it was when I went to a revival where I started going into trances and I started seeing angels and I started, you know, being saturated by the glory of God. And if you do fall down, you know, the Lord's just wanting to impart something to you. So just stay there and let Him saturate you. You know, so many people may get right back up and I would say, no, just lay there. And let the Spirit of God, let the glory of God just saturate you. And so many people ask me, okay, how do you do that? You know, how do I get to a point where I can lay hands on someone like that and that happens? And I I can honestly say it's because uh, I have cultivated in my secret place that, that discipline of saturating in the presence of God. So that you, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit so that you carry that glory on your physical body. And then whenever you are in a ministry time, you can just release what you're carrying on the well inside of you. So, any other questions? Someone will ask a question and then I'll just start. <laughs> you see how that works? And so, I didn't come here with any agenda, you know. I'm just saying, well, through the questions, the Lord will lead us into some, some things, so... Um, you know, there are also a lot of questions about manifestations and why a person, you know, shakes and jerks, so on and so forth. And sometimes it's a deliverance. Sometimes evil spirits are leaving people when that happens. Sometimes it's the fire of God, you know. Sometimes it's like the the lady said that, you know, you just feel like you're getting squeezed by the love of the Father and you just can't take it. That your physical body is reacting to spiritual entity. Okay? That's when heaven invades earth or the anointing comes upon you, your physical body. And it's just reacting to a more realistic realm than the natural realm. That's where we've got to get to. Is that the the angels, the demons, the realm of heaven, the, the realm of the spirit is all around us all the time. It's far more real than even what we can see, smell, taste, hear, and touch. And so it's setting our mind on things above that we train our minds to actually begin to consciously develop an awareness of the spiritual realm. That our Christian walk isn't just by what we can see with our senses, but that we look with our spirit man. Did you know you have a spirit man? You have a spirit. And so we are flesh, we have a soul. We have a mind, a will, and emotions, and we have a spirit. Even the world knows that we have a spirit. I mean, you go to a football game or what? Well, probably not a football game here. But you go to a game, you hear cheerleaders singing about spirit. We got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? You know? I mean, even the the world knows that, that, that you have a spirit. And when you get born again... Your spirit gets born again. It gets anointed. And the anointing is is a symbol of you being set apart. Everything that was anointed. God told Moses to anoint the articles of furniture within the tabernacle that he showed him to instruct. And he said, I want you to anoint everything with oil as a sign that this particular piece of furniture or object is consecrated as holy unto the Lord. So your spirit is, has actually been anointed. 
First John, I believe it's chapter 1, says that you have an anointing from the Holy One. And that your spirit is, an, is anointed by God. That means your spirit is consecrated to Him. That you're consecrated wholly to Him. And so there's that internal anointing, but then there's an external anointing where that the Holy Spirit puts on you, and this is the only way I know how to say it, it a, a substance of heaven. You know, the glory. It's actually a tangible thing you can feel, and you can lay your hands if it comes upon you, if you get anointed externally. Now, I don't know if an angel flies over and sort of pours something on you, or, you know, something in the supernatural realm happens where you get equipped in order to move in the partnership and the power of the Holy Spirit. And it can be transferred. It can, I could lay hands on one person and it come on them and then they could lay hands on another person. And, and just believe this, what you got imparted, you could release on someone else today. That, that, that it's still on you. That's why you still feel that fire. Now, if you want to keep that fire burning, you've got to go and cultivate that saturation of the presence of God in your secret place. If you want to maintain what you feel and what you've experienced, then you've got to work it out. This, this is really the time. Now's the time to walk in the substance that you're talking about. And it's time to cultivate intimacy. And one of the keys in my life, I shared this at the retreat, is cultivating intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Talking to Him as a person and not just a gift giver. Um, John chapter 16. How many of you took my seminar on Saturday? Okay. So most of you. You heard me talk of, out of John chapter 16, right? Of how Jesus put such an emphasis on the Holy Spirit and, and the reference to the Holy Spirit as a person. And so there is a lot of fear. I loved what my brother shared. So many believers today are afraid. And I think I shared a story about the witch that was cursing me. And I asked her what she was cursing me with. And the witch said, fear. I don't know about you, that makes me mad. <laughs> you know, that, that there are witches who see our spirits. They're, they're tapping into the realm of the spirit. And they see Christians, people whose spirits have an anointing on it. They can see that in the realm of the Spirit. And they curse those people with fear. Because if those people really knew the power they had, they would take over. And so you carry that anointed Spirit and you have the power inside of you. Okay, another question. Yes.
Well, the Spirit helps you. I mean, the Holy Spirit can actually, it, it, the Scripture says it leads you and guides you into all truth. Truth is not information. Truth is a spirit. And that's a very important thing to understand. Truth is not information. Truth is a spirit. Jesus said, I will give you the spirit of truth. And so we are called to allow our mind to yield to the spirit of truth. Our soul, our mind, will, and emotions is what the Holy Spirit is renewing and sanctifying. And so whenever you are operating in your mind, it's not that you're detaching from the Spirit. Your Spirit can actually help you remember things. The Holy Spirit will actually communicate to you in your mind. Even though they're distinct and different, it doesn't mean just because you're processing information that you're not in the Spirit. Okay, you, you're cooperating. You're cooperating and it comes and it goes. The, the key is to not be led by your emotions, you know, because a lot of times your emotions will deceive you, you know, and, and so you really are allowing the Holy Spirit to renew your mind, heal your emotions so that your will will submit to obedience without the brokenness of your mind and your emotions. And see, what the enemy does is he'll lie to your mind, which will then affect your emotions, and then out of your will, you're, you'll disobey. For instance, the enemy will say, you're ugly, you're never going to be successful, and then you're, you're affected emotionally, and then you go and you eat Baskin-Robbins ice cream. And, you know? Or, or you go and you take another bong hit of marijuana, or you go and you look at pornography, or you indulge in a romance novel, or your magazines. Okay, and so the enemy has set up all these things to try to get you living in your natural mind. And the natural mind cannot comprehend the things of the Spirit. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and 3. The natural mind. Isn't that interesting? The natural mind cannot comprehend the things of the Spirit, but yet all of us wrestle with having to understand everything. I mean, God is so much bigger. If we could understand everything, He wouldn't be God, and we would make ourselves God. I mean, part of him being God is that we submit that he is God and we don't have to know anything else. And so really, when we are arrogant in our understanding and, and taking a posture of, I have to see it to believe it, you know, you're actually you're being opposed by God because it's pride, it's, it's selfish, it's, it's wanting it for you understanding for your selfish reasons and it's doubt it's unbelief and it says those who come to god must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and then it says that when we come to the lord we come having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience did i talk about conscience i think i talked about the conscience maybe thursday night you know we all have a self-talk cycle you talk to yourself do you guys remember me saying that and so that's your conscience. And so you want your conscience in line with the spirit of truth. And, and, and that's the place of meditation, and that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. So maybe I am flowing in the spirit a little bit. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, what you want to cultivate is, is something that causes you to water the garden of your soul. 
Your soul is a garden. And Jesus wants to walk into your garden. I mean, if you read the Song of Solomon, it talks about your heart being a locked garden. Come into my garden. How many of you heard Misty Edwards sing, Come into your garden? Okay. And so you're tending your garden. And so there's always seed being sown. And before my father passed away, he said, Son, and he was a Pentecostal preacher, he said, Son, if you can understand the parable of the sower and the seed, then you can understand all mysteries. And I read the parable, and in Mark chapter 4, verse 13, it says the disciples returned back to Jesus and said, Jesus, what does this parable mean? And Jesus said, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand any of the parables? And the parable was on spiritual warfare. He taught his disciples in the very beginning, you need to understand that the enemy is going to first try to steal the seed you hear. This retreat, you heard good seed. There was a lot of seed sown on the garden of your soul, in your little garden. Now it's up to you to water that seed. You've got to cultivate that seed. You've got to till the ground. You've got to water it. When you say, how will I water it? Well, that's where meditation comes in. And when the Bible speaks of having an evil conscience, it's, it's when a conscience, your self-talk, is meditating on the lies rather than the truth. The enemy's sowing seed also. He's constantly sowing seed. And so whatever your mind is set on, you can, it can either be set on your failures, your inadequacies, and the accusations of the enemy, or you can water your garden with the truth of what God just said you were. And so it says when we come to God, we must come with a full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And so we come with a full assurance of faith, believing that He is. And so many people want an encounter just to prove that God is real. Rather than just coming with faith. And then you'll encounter His Spirit. Because you already believe who He is and, and the reality of who He is. Now I'm going to teach you a few things on how to cultivate your garden. How do I dig this well? How do I tend this soul? Obviously, you need, to, you need to pull out the weeds. How do you pull out the weeds? You repent. The weeds are the sin in your garden. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to come in as the vine dresser. Jesus said, I am the vine dresser. He comes in to prune your garden. And Jesus wants to walk in and he says, there's a weed right here. We're going to pull it out. Maybe it's lust. There's a weed right here. Let's pull this out. It's anger, jealousy, envy, contention, insecurity, which is pride, depression, which is suppressed anger, lying, deception, manipulation, control. All these weeds are always trying to grow in our garden. And we water them because that's what the enemy tells us. And so we ask the Holy Spirit to come and shine the light on these weeds and pull them out so we repent. Whenever the Holy Spirit shows us things. Now, this is important because the Holy Spirit will only highlight a few things at a time. When you're walking with the Holy Spirit. Because so many people think they have to have it all perfect right away. You know, you're, you're walking and you're in a relationship. God's not putting a big demand on you to have everything perfect tomorrow. 
And so the enemy wants to blow everything up and make you feel hopeless that you're never going to be able to do it. He wants you to give up. And he wants you to compare yourself to others. And those of you who didn't join the retreat, don't look at those and say, oh my gosh, God rejected me. Or why didn't he call me there? Why didn't he provide for me to go there? No, I'm here tonight. <laughs> God, you know, God brought you something because he wants to speak to you as well. And, and so don't get into just thinking that God is withholding something from you because that's what he did with Eve in the garden. And so that's the... The accusation we all have to battle, is God good? God, why don't you heal me? God, why did you touch them instead of me? God, why haven't you saved my mother yet? God, why haven't you provided the money I need yet? And so there's that constant battle of the enemy. So once the weeds are exposed, you repent, you pull them out, and then the good seed is sown when men of God start to speak of who God is, how he loves you, how he feels about you. Uh, the bridal paradigm, that he is your husband, that we are friends of the bridegroom. Guys, I know some of you can't relate to the bridal. You know, I, I like to think of it as, you know, knights, around the, knights of the round table, that we pledge our allegiance to the king and we put our swords on the table because he's a good leader, he's a good king. So that's kind of, that's how I integrate the bridal paradigm, you know, or I put on a dress and... <laughs> You know, try to identify. My wife doesn't like that much. Just kidding. But, you know, we need to know that reality of how he feels about us, that we have his affections and his emotions, and, and that seed that's sown is what we need to cultivate. That's what we need to meditate on. I mean, as, as one of our sisters shared, that, you know, God was just showing her how he loves her. And that's what he wants to do is hold you and tell you how he feels about you to uproot the bad seed and let that seed go deep into your heart. And once he says that to you, it's time for us to go water the seed. And so something I do to water the seed is I have a meditation model. I call it the recipe. And uh, if you're taking notes, you, or you can get it from a friend. Take the Word of God and read it, write it, say it, sing it, and pray it. That's the recipe. Read it, write it, say it, sing it, pray it. And take a sheet of paper and on the right side of the paper draw a line like a margin line. And on the bottom, draw another line, like a margin line. And at the top of the right-hand corner, put task. Because what happens when you're trying to meditate is all of a sudden you get flooded with all the responsibilities that you have to take care of. I got, I've got to do the laundry. I've got to, to take the dog out. He's probably about to use a bathroom on the floor. You know, it's just all these tasks that you know you have to take care of and you have responsibilities, but they're getting in the way of you being able to connect in meditation. So what happens in your brain is you write out that task for later and we just naturally, in our, the way our brain works, will think we're doing something productive in that area. And, and so, you know, it just gets it out. It gets it out of the way. Now, at the bottom, you want to write cross-references. Because, look, sometimes we think we're getting revelation, 
when we get a cross-reference. But that's a deception sometimes because it, it can get you out of the verse. I was a part of a team one time. We, we studied and meditated on a one verse, Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who are in it. Okay, easy verse, right? We meditated on that one verse four hours a day, five days a week for one month straight. We, we didn't go anywhere. You weren't allowed to go to cross-references. And what happened is as I was meditating, I read it, I read it, I read it. It's, see, meditation isn't about memorization. Because, see, in our intellectual Greek philosophical world, we think information is revelation. And so we'll check off that we have it just because we memorized it. But we have not allowed the Word of God to go into our thoughts and intentions of our heart and to, to bring a shift and a change for growth. And so I meditate, I read it, I read it, I read it, I ask God, God, what are you saying here? What are you saying here? What are you saying here? And I pray it. I pray it back to God. The earth is yours, Lord, all it contains. Give me revelation on, on that reality. I'll pray it back to Him. And so then I read it, I write it, I say it, I sing it. And someone asked Mike Bickle one time, if you could give us one thing, if you were on your deathbed and you could say one token of wisdom, what would you say? And he said, sing the word. Because at the end of the age, this world is going to come to fruition as the Lord returns. And it's going to be a company of youthful singers singing a new song. I mean, singers and musicians, you got to get this because it is so profound. Sing the word. Get the word in you so much that you lift your voice and you sing back to God. Isn't that cool? God tells us what to say and what to sing, and then he says, I want to hear it back from you. Yeah. You know, there's this divine exchange. It's like antiphonal. It's, an, you know, Revelation 5, 8. That's why we do harp and bowl. Um, there's a harp and a bowl before the throne of God. There's worship and intercession. And he releases revelation on what to pray, and then he expects it to rise back to him on earth as it is in heaven. See, we're just trying to do what's going on in heaven, worship and intercession on the earth, because that's how God's going to release his government in the millennial reign. I don't know why I'm going here, but how is God going to release his government in the millennial kingdom? It says we will rule and reign with him. Jesus is going to return. He's going to sit on a throne in Jerusalem. And by the spirit of revelation that proceeds from him, we will sit as princes and governors over locations in the earth. And we will actually instruct people on the earth who don't have resurrected bodies. I don't know if I'm way over your head right now. But the way we do it is through intercession. So if you're... If you're actually a good steward with what God has called you to pray and do right now, he'll give you authority in the millennial reign to come over that city. I don't know who that's for, but I know that's, a, that's some meaty stuff I just told you. And I want you to get this because intercession is so important. We'll, and we'll be representatives of the kingdom. And we'll do it by the spirit of revelation. And that's what I, want, I wanted to share with you. That's what I wrote down is we need to get a spirit of revelation rather than information. And that comes through meditation. And so 
You write your cross-references down on the bottom. Now, they're good. Go back, and the Lord can connect the dots, but don't pull out of the verse. Let the verse go deep into you, because when I was reading that verse, God started confronting unbelief in my heart. You know, did I really believe that the earth was the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein or those who dwell in it? And I started getting confronted by the word. The word started confronting my brokenness. And that's what the word of God does because it's alive. It's living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So I don't approach the Bible like it's just another book. I read the Bible to encounter a man. Every time I open the Bible, it's, I'm looking for encounter. You see, encounters aren't just limited to falling and shaking. Okay? En- encountering Jesus is through His Word and His Spirit. I mean, some of you just got a prophetic word. There was one girl, she was frustrating me so much this weekend. Because, you know, she wasn't falling, she wasn't shaking, but... I gave her like four words that were so accurate, you know. It was like, I, re- I was like, she's like, I couldn't believe nobody knows what you told me except for me and one other person in the earth. You know, and I told her those things, but she was still upset that she didn't fall or shake. Then she got a new tongue. Like, she, you know, she, her prayer language completely shifted. And she was still upset that she didn't fall or shake. I'm like, honey, you need to be happy. <laughs> You know, it's like, my goodness, you got a new tongue and the Lord's, you know, can, I mean, speaking to you, you had an encounter. Okay, so it's not about the falling and shaking. It's about encountering a man on a daily basis. And he just gets your attention with all that other stuff. Okay, so the spirit of revelation, we do that by watering our garden through meditation. Stay in the verse. Don't pull out of it. Don't let your mind just check off a box as if you have it just because you memorized it. That is not revelation. Okay, for instance, let's do this. Turn to Matthew. And if you could just give me an idea of time. Um, Okay, so... Okay, so we got like ten minutes. I'm glad I asked. Matthew chapter 6, quickly. (laughs) The Lord's Prayer. How many of you know the Lord's Prayer? It's an eternal prayer. There's principles in this prayer. You have to exhaustively look and search out these prayers. Now, what we do is we find all the apostolic prayers in the Bible. How many of you know what apostolic prayers are? Okay, apostolic prayers are the prayers that you find in the epistles in the New Testament. For instance, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, I pray that you would be filled with uh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. So I will take that verse and I'll go into the house of prayer or my prayer closet and I'll just start praying around that verse because how many of you know that God will respond to the prayers that He put in His Word? I mean, if, if Paul prayed it and the Holy Spirit inspired him to put it in the book of the Bible, then I should pray it. 
You know, chances are God's going to be in agreement with that prayer. And so whenever we pray on the microphone, you'll always hear somebody pray out of an apostolic prayer. Usually it's Ephesians 1.17 or Ephesians chapter 3 that you would be strengthened with all might by His Spirit on the inner man, that you would be rooted and grounded in love, that you would know what is the height, width, all that stuff, you know, that you would know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. And so I'll start praying apostolic prayers. If you, have you ever wondered, like, I don't know what to pray today? I mean, just take one of those verses and take it say, okay, I'll pray Ephesians 1.17. Lord, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Lord, give my mother the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Okay, Lord, I want to be strengthened with might by your spirit on my inner man. Okay, I mean, they're, they're all right there. I mean, Jesus gave us this prayer in Matthew chapter 6. Pray in this way, our Father who art in heaven. Okay, er, you can stop right there. Our Father, meditate on that. Jesus came and he revealed an intimacy with God that had never been revealed before by calling him Father. You know, everyone in the, uh, from the past in the Old Testament, they did not relate to God as Father. So when Jesus came on the scene, it was revolutionary. He started referring to God as Father and then taught his disciples to start talking to God as a daddy. Okay, that's enough right there. We could close the book. And you could pretty much go on that the rest of the week. I mean, if you don't pray nothing else in your prayer time but, My Father. My Father. My Father. I mean, dude, you'll just get revelation. That's what we want. Okay, who art in heaven. Who art in heaven. Okay, let's meditate on that for a minute. Okay, that'll just take you there. You know, I mean, you start, you start thinking about heaven, my, I, man, I just go there. You know, I mean, Jesus said he would give us the spirit and the spirit would take what he hears in heaven and reveal it to us. And so we have access by our priestly ministry to encounter heaven. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'd, I, man, I'll take that, you know, and I'll take that to my prayer closet. And I'm like, I am before the throne. In heaven. This is where I pray. And I beseech third heaven realities to be manifested on the earth. And that's the next verse. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom. So we're part of another kingdom. And the kingdoms of this world are contrary to the kingdom that we're asking to be revealed. We live according to a different realm. We're pilgrims just passing through. Therefore, I, I access my true home. And so the environment and the atmosphere of that home will come when I have that reality. Okay? So I'm just breaking down the Lord's Prayer. You know, we're just th- looking at, okay, how am I going to pray in order to get revelation? It's by taking the Word and just meditating on it around the realities of it and praying it back to God and asking for an increase. All right, give us this day our daily bread. Did you know that it actually means give us our de- our bread for tomorrow? It's saying, today I ask for what I need tomorrow. Give us this day our bread we need tomorrow. It's revelation. Give me the revelation I need today that's going to uphold me tomorrow. And that's what you got this weekend. 
The Lord gave you revelation in the moment to sustain you the rest of this week. Okay, but maybe this week you're going to need something else for the next week or the next day. So that's why you got to go and you got to get the revelation that's going to sustain you for tomorrow. That's what this verse is saying. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. You know, walking, the, the number one reason, sorry, that the enemy attacks you is to get you into offense. The enemy wants you angry at God or angry at your family or angry at your friends. And we all have opportunities to get into bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. And this eternal prayer tells us that you need to have a conscious effort of making sure your heart is clean and free from unforgiveness. So you forgive your debtors. Do not lead us into temptation. Again, that's a warfare prayer. Deliver us from evil or the evil one that we would uh, know and discern the schemes of the enemy. And that's another thing we talked about this weekend was that you would not be ignorant of the schemes of the enemy, that you would know that he has set things up in a certain way to try to keep you from walking in your destiny and your identity. Remember the systems that I talked about. And this is important. I don't mean that you aren't going to be called to infiltrate those systems. You're actually in that system right now in this college. Okay? It's not that you will not be a part of it. It's whether or not you agree with it. You can be in it, but not of it to make a difference. It's when you yield to it that you uh, come under a false identity. And that you're striving for something that you were never meant to strive in. And then it goes on to say that yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And that just gets me thinking about the power of the kingdom. And Romans chapter 4 verse 20 says, The kingdom of God does not consist in words alone, but in power. And that's been the course of my life. Is Lord, I don't want to hear another good message unless there's power. We need your power. What is power? Power is not just for good preaching. Power is supernatural activity of the Holy Spirit. And that's what happens. That's what true ministry uh, should be, is when we proclaim truth, and then there's a witness of the Holy Spirit's power behind us. And that's what we saw this weekend. Bears witness to truth. And uh, in closing, let's just look quickly at a few passages. I gave you Ephesians chapter 1. Already, let's look at Philippians. It goes Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, if you don't know that. General Electric Power Company. Or God Eats Potato Chips. Or Gentiles Eat Pork Chops. <laughs> That's Revelation. That comes from meditation. <laughs> Philippians 1 9 and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things excellent in order to be the sincere and blameless until the day of Christ oh that's a powerful verse I mean look at verse 8 I'm, I'm in the Bible now you've got me caught uh, for God is my witness, how, how I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. How did Paul pray that? I call God to witness that I love you the same way he loves you. Wow, that's an amazing verse, by the way. 
So you pray this prayer. Pray, Lord, let my love abound still more and more in real knowledge and discernment. Let my love grow so that I may discern more. I mean, you take these prayers and you apply them. You pray them. And it will help you dig that well. Turn with me to Colossians 1.9, one chapter over. Pray. Here's another apostolic prayer. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I love this, this prayer because, listen, it's talking about that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. God's people should know the will of God for their life. And you guys are in college and you're always wondering, God, what's your will? Where am I going? Where's this headed? You know, this is a powerful prayer. Pray this over your own life. Pray it for your family and friends. Lord, I pray that Aaron and Pastor Christian would be filled with the knowledge of your will. I mean, one, it's a prayer we know he agrees with because it's a biblical prayer. And then it says to... uh, Grow in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Not natural-minded wisdom and understanding. Spiritual wisdom and understanding. I mean, here's a prayer asking that we would become more sensitive to the reality of the spiritual realm so that we would know and have wisdom and understanding of that realm. Did you catch that? That we would have more understanding of the spiritual realm. That's what that prayer is praying. All right, and let's look at one more. Actually, let's look at a couple more. I'll close them. Almost done. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, that, that verse is something... You should pray, Lord, sanctify me, body, soul, and spirit. Sanctify me, body, soul, and spirit. Now, what I wanted to speak over you prophetically is that you would be a company of Daniels who had an excellent spirit. And there's a few things I've actually written in my Bible. It's a prayer that says, Father, please give me insight leading to understanding. We find it in Daniel chapter 11, verse 33. It says, those who have insight among the people, will give understanding to the many. Yet they will fall by sword and by flame, by captivity and by plunder for many days. But they will give insight and understanding. Look at verse chapter 12, verse 10. Many will be purged, purified, and refined, but the wicked white wickly, and none of the wicked will understand it. But those who have insight will understand God's raising up an end-time army who's going to operate in the spirit of wisdom, revelation with insight and understanding to guide the many with prophetic revelation of the times and the seasons in which they live. And you guys need to carry that in a campus. And you will give insight and understanding to the many as you cultivate your garden with a spirit of revelation on it. Amen. Let me pray over you.